You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Overflow with MC Brooks on GGR Pirate Radio. Swing a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of game five. The Nationals seven, the Dodgers three. Do you believe it? Pull the lever, Frank. Run lever. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome back everyone to a brand new episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks here on the GGR Podcast Network. I'm your host, MC Brooks. Got a really dope show lined up for you all today. But before we get into that, I want to make sure you all go to greatgeekrefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as episodes of some of our other podcasts like At The Diner and FedCon. And a ton of other dope content that's there as well. In addition to that, make sure you're following us on all of our social media. We're Great Geek Refuge on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, where we have a very active Facebook community. And if you'd like to support us, we are also on Patreon as well. We actually just updated the tiers for the perks on Patreon uh, about a month or so ago. And there's some really cool stuff on there. So uh, make sure you go check check us out if you'd like to do so. So, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Spring season 2022, spring anime season, I should say, was fantastic. Although, if you were to talk to many anime fans, they would say that the spring season was mid. And they would say that mainly because uh, it was very slice-of-life driven as, as opposed to having at least one or two battle shonen to, to to really carry it um you know like like demon slayer was like the the top ranked for the winter season attack on titan was up there up there as well um and life driven for spring anime season and i gotta say i very much enjoyed it i enjoyed everything that i watched and uh so i have three shows that i want to talk about today and i, I thought about doing individual episodes but i don't think that like none of the shows are really finished, or I guess two of them might be finished, um, but I, didn't, I don't feel like I have a like a ton to say. So instead of just doing individual episodes, I wanted to just compile everything into one episode. I can get all my thoughts out there, and uh, hopefully it inspires you to watch it if you have not seen any of them, or maybe you just like to hear what I have to say about what I did watch. So I have three shows I am going to be talking about. I, there are some other shows from this spring season that I'm sure I'm going to watch in and uh, like discuss at a later point. But there were three that I really, really followed this season. Um, three that that definitely caught my attention, and I was very pleasantly surprised at, at what I got. So I'm going to start with probably my favorite the like my my favorite thing that i watched and honestly it was a huge hit and i know that i wasn't the only person you know to really you know watch this and enjoy the hell out of it and that's spy family right not spy x family but spy family right so spy family i had seen uh, a ton of a ton of uh stuff for kind of leading up to the season right where I saw people were were very excited for it, and I hadn't heard of it. Um, I I didn't read the manga in advance. I had had not really heard of it 
um, prior to this spring anime season. But upon kind of looking, uh, you know, looking at some pro some promo images in the buildup, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. Like, maybe all the hype is leading up to something. And maybe this show will be as good as people are hyping it up to be, right? Like, there, you know, there's a number of times where, like, sometimes the hype precedes the show, right? Like, there's a whole lot of hype building up to it, and that's what gets that's what gets your attention if you are unfamiliar with what it is, right? So in case you are, you're listening and you're unfamiliar, and just so you know, there will be spoilers, but I'm going to at least give the premise of the show in advance, uh, of talking about without what we watched through these these first twelve episodes. So in a nutshell, for Spy Family, uh, there is a state of peace going on between rival nations, right? And there's an agent named Twilight who is spying on the leader of one of the one of the nations, right? However, that per the, the the guy supposed to spy on is notoriously reclusive. So the only way, according to the spy agency, that he can get close to him is to enroll a child in the same private school as him and pose as a fellow parent in hopes to get close from him, get close to him and uh, obtain any secrets or information on him, right? So in order to accomplish this, the spy named Twilight has to basically put a fake family together in order to carry out this mission, right? So uh, Twilight, his 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 act, the character's actual name is Lloyd Lloyd Forger. Um, he adopts a young orphan girl named Anya, and marries a girl named Your Briar, um, who it turns out to be an assassin. Assassin, excuse me. And Anya is an I was going to say an empath. I don't think that's the right word. She can read minds, basically, right? And so she frequently reads Lloyd's and other people's minds. That's one of the things that you follow over the course of the show. Now, the the, like the intrigue is that Lloyd is does not know that the Yor is an assassin and that Anya can read minds. And the same is true for Yor in regards to Lloyd. Now Anya knows. She she knows that, you know, Lloyd is a spy and that Yor is an assassin. However, she is not divulging that information. And I think part of that is just due to the fact that she she really likes them and is enjoying playing family with them and, you know, doesn't want to spoil the secret or, or anything like that. And I think that's kind of like a kind of a really cool angle to take on on this type of story. Now, um, the other appeal to this is that, you know, they have to put on the role of being a family. You know, they have to make themselves believable. And so, you know, Lloyd has to be a good father and a good husband, or at least put on the front. Same with Yor. And, like, the the <laughs> one of the funny things is that Yor is, like, not very, I guess, like, traditional, like, housewife type, right? She can't really cook, uh, doesn't really know much about holding, a like, a... Um, a household together, um, or how to be a mother, you know? So those are things that definitely come up over the course of the show, but it's really good in terms of how they explore these things. And that's where like a lot of the comedy really pops out because over the course of these 12 weeks, I very much enjoyed watching this show. I, you know, this is, I learned today actually that this was only the first core, meaning that there's a second half of the season that's going to be coming out later this year in October. 
And I'll be covering that once that completes, and that will complete probably early next year. So in about six months from now, we'll be I'll cover, definitely be covering the second core of Spy Family. But just judging it off these first 12 episodes, I was all in. I loved this show. It was so wholesome. It was so funny. It 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 was it, it had so many different elements that I that I kind of look for in shows that I really tend to enjoy. Uh, you know, can do I laugh? Are the characters relatable? Are like is there something about the characters that draws me to them in terms of their motivations or their personality or you know, like the things that they accomplish over the course of me watching the show? Right, that's like a big that's a big thing for me. It's 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 where so many of my favorite characters. Uh, end up coming from is what inspires me to buy so much like merch and whatnot and, not, and then also to, to like do stuff like this where i come on my podcast and i try to tell you all hey you should go watch this it's really good or to post on my social media and be like hey you should go watch this it's really good right so i think like i'm not a parent right like i i, I don't have any children i do have a dog that i love very very much who is at my side right now as I record this, had to take his collar off so it wouldn't be jangling all while I record this. But in any case, I like I don't have like I don't have the experience of being a parent. I've babysat, I've worked with children, I've worked in schools uh, before. So like I, I have experience in kind of that in, in that regard, but I don't know anything about being a parent. And I feel like that's part of the relatability with with this. Like, I, like I'm not a spy, obviously, but the appeal is the like the figuring out the parenthood part, because like there are so many different mistakes that Lloyd and your make over the course of the show. There are things I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I probably would have forgotten that, too, or I would have had to do the same thing, too. But it it's also like. It's, it's also a thing of you you watch these people who are traditionally kind of selfish, really. That's kind of the implication that I get. Not selfish in like the negative sense, but more like they've only had to care about themselves and their work to this point. And now they are forced to, to take on uh, the caring for someone young and also a whole other person who is essentially a stranger to them, right? Uh, that and, and that's kind of the appeal. Like... There, there are hints of Lloyd and your kind of like having some like at least a base level of attraction to each other. Right. Like it's it's the, the, there's nothing over the course of these 12 episodes where it's like, oh, yeah, no, they're definitely in love with each other. But you can tell there are moments of like fluster and awkwardness where you can tell that there's like at least some level of attraction there. Right. Like Lloyd didn't choose your like wouldn't have chose her if she was ugly. And by that same token, your wouldn't have gone along with it if if Lloyd wasn't attractive, right? And we all it, we see this especially in a, in I think it's episode 6. It may it may be a little bit later now. I can't remember the concept at the time is weird. But you uh <laughs> there's an episode where the you know the they they get drunk and uh yours brother who works for uh, who uh, inter as an interesting plot point works for the organization that Lloyd is investigating or, or that is against against Lloyd and his spy agency. And so his, like brother comes to investigate because he's like, yo, like, who is who is this man that just married my sister? And she just didn't tell me that she got married. And I don't believe that this is real. But you kind of see this moment where like like York gets drunk 
and and uh, you know they're supposed to kiss. And Lloyd is like, "Well, hey, this is part of the mission. I, I I'm gonna have to do this." And then like leans into it, and like yours, like flustered and blushing, and like it was hilarious, especially when she smacked the shit out of her brother, because that that was hilarious. Um, but there are just so many there are so many cute elements over the course of the show, uh, like th- like. We Anya is obviously the MVP of this show. If you have been living under a rock or just not part of the anime community, odds are you have probably seen Anya Anya's uh, photo at some point over the last three months. There have been photos of her everywhere. In fact, it even became a meme to Photoshop her into different manga panels. And you saw her interacting with folks from Bleach and Attack on Titan and, and Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, among a, like a boatload of others. And it was just great because like Anya is just a wholesome little bean, and it's like I just I just want I just want, you just want to protect her, right? And like it's not just and, and it's not even just the fact of like her backstory and the fact that she's an orphan and because of her abilities, like people like tend to not want to keep her around. And so she's kind of been in this foster system for a while. And and, and, and like you can tell that like it means a lot to her to have been chosen and to be with Lloyd and Yor. And so like it's it's, it's just so wholesome. And you just you just lo- you just love to see it. You just want to protect. Right. And, like, on top of that, you see her, like, just trying her best to help out with whatever the mission is. Like, obviously, Lloyd and Yor don't know that Anya knows, but she knows and she does things to, to, to help out. It's like, it's, she's just sweet and adorable and you just, you just want to cheer for her the entire time. And then on top of that, because, you know, she has the imagination she does and because... You know, she, you know, like really like she really likes to dig into the role play of of it all. You kind of see Lloyd and you are like going above and beyond to kind of make sure that she's good. Like there was the the episode and I want to say it was episode three, three or four, where Lloyd calls all his buddies from his spy agency and they basically LARP this entire spy adventure for Anya. And it's just. It's so fun and so dope and just so wholesome. And it's just, it's it's such a good show. I I, I had a great time really, really watching it. Um, honestly, like, I, I really want to go read the manga. Um, I, I, I can almost assure that I'm going to find some time and I'm going to read the manga for this. Like, I, I know new episodes come in three months, but honestly, I kind of want to just go read it right now and just... Get ahead of get ahead of the the anime and just kind of spend time with these characters, right? I've I've lauded before in the past that part of the reason that I've kind of come around on long running shows like One Piece and Case Closed is that I really like being able to spend time with characters when it's a show that I'm really really into. You know, I've I've this has been the case with any game that I've played any book that I've read, any TV show or movie universe or whatever the case may be. When I'm really invested in the characters and the story, I just want to spend as much time with them as I can. That's why I like filler episodes. Like, I I generally don't mind filler. I don't care if it has no relevance to the main story. I want to see my characters, you know, spend quality time with with each other and, you know, get drunk and, and chase wild animals and you know, uh, switch bodies because of some mystic curse and, 
you know, end up working as a cook to pay off their debt because someone stole their money. Like, I want to see all of that stuff, right? And so because of because I want to see stuff like that, I, I love just like the wild and wacky nature of Spy Family. It's such a good show, and I highly encourage you to watch it if you are unfamiliar with the show and you just have not decided to give it give it um, to give it an opportunity. Like if I had to rank it out of ten, it's a ten out of ten show. There are just so many wholesome, great moments, and the the thing that you love about any show is you love a good arc, right? And so you kind of love seeing Lloyd kind of soften up. From when you meet him in episode one, and especially when you learn the like the backstory for his mission, right? The backstory behind why he's doing what he's doing, right? Uh, because of his own upbringing and the things that he experienced, like, like it, it's great to see how that manifests when he when he saw he really softens up to Anya, and he kind of he he kind of uh, like realizes that this hard nosed approach of you know, just being cutthroat and straight to the point. Like, you can't do that, right? And then on top of that, like, he, he genuinely cares for her. And he cares for Yor, too. And it's just so dope. And, like, the same applies to Yor when you learn Yor's backstory, her relationship to her brother, um, and, like, her, her own motivation for getting involved in, like, this, this this shenanigans of this. And, like, it's just, it's great, right? Like, I, I there's not much more for me to say. If, if you are unfamiliar with spy family please go watch it it's such a great phenomenal show i will be spamming this on my social media when i get an opportunity i will be buying some merch for the show i'm going to be picking up the manga and then obviously i'm going to watch and do a podcast about the second core once that airs later this year so with that being said let's go on and transition to the second anime that i really enjoyed Okay, so I'm probably going to butcher the name of this, but Ahadensan wa Hakadenai. I probably really butchered that, but Ahadensan is pretty much what I've been called what I've been calling it. And I believe that translates to Ahadensan is indecipherable, right? So I learned about this show on social media. Um, I had seen like a ton of lists about the shows that were coming out for the spring season. And this wasn't one that I kind of saw or really knew, had known anything about. But I believe it was after episode one or two. I want to say it was after episode two. Actually, no, I'm wrong. It, it, I think it was three or four, three or four episodes were out by the time that I learned of the show. And it was because of a social media post I had seen about this show talking about uh, uh, the awkwardness of the characters. And as someone who is naturally very awkward and socially awkward and due to like in the era of the pandemic has become even more socially awkward, like even more so than I was previously, like previously I could kind of fake it. But even now I have issues in ways that kind of didn't before. And it's really strange because I, Really feel like I lost a part of myself, but that's that's a whole 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 other other conversation, right? So, the appeal of this show um, is one again. I'm socially awkward, uh, but basically, you have uh, this. Th you have two. The show centers around two characters. It's a rom com 
uh, centering around these two characters, uh, uh, Rido and uh, Reina, Rido and Reina, and Reina's last name is Ahadinsan, which is or Ahadin, and that is where like the that's who the the title of the show like refers to. Now, Rido is so is awkward in the sense of he overthinks everything, right? In addition to that, it doesn't seem like he always necessarily picks up on cues of things. So he's a little bit naive and like and doesn't always get stuff. And as someone who, you know, is that <laughs> who overthinks everything, who can see the tiniest thing and spend the next two weeks thinking about that thing and dreaming up these like twenty thousand scenarios, but at that same token, can also easily miss social cues and easily miss cues about just what something actually excuse me about what something actually means yeah super relatable and then on the flip side of that you have reina who is very quiet and very soft-spoken and part of this is due to the fact that she's gotten rejected in the past because she herself has not been the best with understanding other people's boundaries. And so because of that, she kind of like recuses herself and doesn't really allow herself to really get close to people because of that, because she's been chastised previously in the past for it. Right. And so they're in, they're in class together. And, uh, basically Rido is like, well, I want to make friends in high school, which is relatable also because like, who doesn't want to do that? And so he just starts talking to her and doesn't really understand, like doesn't can't really hear her or understand her or understand what's going on. That's like the entire premise of, of episode one. And then like they become friends, you know, and over the course of the 12 episodes, you kind of get to see them like go on all of these different adventures. And as someone who, has spent at least part of his life growing up on the internet, like growing up with me, like with the invention of memes and YouTube and websites and just learning about all of these different things. It's very clear that the creator of the show also did the same thing because this show was shot full of pop culture references of anime references of meme references of making fun of anime tropes in general and just and and just leaning into leaning into like anime tropes that have become memes right like this show is not a shonen like there's no fighting there's no battling or anything in it but there's still references to these types of things all throughout the show like there's uh there's a jojo reference i remember like right off the rip like it's like and like it's just it's so random, right? This the show is just very, very random, but also wholesome if you are someone who deals with social anxiety or deals with like uh being socially awkward or, or having difficulty like connecting with people because there are so many different points over the course of the show where these come up and you see how the characters kind of overcome that to become friends and, and to not only become friends with each other, but with other people as well. And like I'd said, it was a rom-com. So like the romance is part of it. It's not, it's not as over the top as most rom-coms would be. So it's not as obvious. 
I would kind of compare it in some ways to kind of how romance is on um, Uzaki-chan, like, wants to hang out. In terms of that, it's not overbearing. Like, you're not spending moments in every episode where you see a character fawning over the other character or fawning because the other character did something cute or something like that. It's 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 like a steady kind of progression over the course of it. So that the first time that they, it kind of hints that one of them has feelings, you're not really surprised that that's the case because it feels like there was a good amount of buildup and a good amount of of there was a good path that kind of led these characters from point A to point B to where like you saw them spending so much time with each other, learning so much about each other, doing things with each other, uh, spending so much quality time at school and then inevitably outside of school as well. Like it, it was, it's very obvious to see that like this was the path, right? This was going to happen. And it's also really cool too, that is not as overt as most other romance anime because really where you start to see it pop up is with the other characters, the the the, the beast the B characters, right? Like the the other the best not the, the the really close friends and associates and other people that these characters know. Because you see they notice it before the main two do. And so because they notice it, they also start to try to do things to try to kind of set them along the path, right? Which is something that you can kind of understand, right? When you have two people who you know, have feelings for each other and it, it, it may not be obvious to them or it may seem like neither of them is really going to make a move. So you kind of have to, as an outsider, like kind of nudge them along like this. It's a there's a little bit of that that takes place over the course of this show also. But I spent 12 weeks laughing at this show. It was one. Of the, it was one of the shows that I look forward to every every weekend and even when I wasn't having the greatest of days, I could guarantee that this show was going to put a smile on my face. It was going to make me laugh. And honestly, I laughed at both the sub and the dub of this show. I've seen uh, episodes in both sub and dub, uh, which show, which goes to show like how good I think the show is that I've already seen it in both sub and dub. And really, like they both, the the way the humor crops up in both is it's so well done, but it's also so wholesome. And like I say, there's a there's a big level of relatability if you're someone who has uh, like uh, any type of social anxiety or social awkward. So if you're socially awkward, and I'm not sure if the show is getting a season two. I hope that it gets a season two. Uh, from what I've read, there is a ton of uh, manga uh, content. And so it really seems like if they want to do a season two, then they can absolutely do a season two because there's enough content in the manga. They are further there's they are further along in the manga that they can do a season two, especially with the confession from the final episode, right? Like at this point, well now I just I need what happens next. Like I, I like how are, how do they navigate dating? Like that what like there like there's so many different directions that you can kind of take with it, right? Like I, I never, I don't think I reviewed Love Chinibio and other delusions on this podcast, but it was one of the first anime that I watched when the pandemic began in 2020, and I think the slow burn of it was part of the appeal because there was a lot of buildup towards what what ended up being a really adorable romance with a great payoff at the end. And I kind of get the same vibes here too. Like yes, we got a confession at the end of season one, but 
there's a there, there are so many different directions that this can go in terms of uh, their peers, in terms of other people, in terms of their families, in terms of well, what if they end up at different schools? Like they're they're very different directions. There are a ton of directions they can go with this. But even with that, I very much enjoyed Ahad and San. Um, please go watch it. Please go support it. It yeah, it's it's a great show, and I very much endorse it. I've been telling everyone about it, and like if you need a good laugh with like a dash of romance in it, like absolutely go on and watch the show. If I had to rank this one, this one also gets a ten out of ten for me. Very much enjoyed it. Even if this ends up being the end of it, and there's no season two, I think it's a good standalone to watch either way. But yeah, I very much enjoyed it. So yeah, take uh, take that to heart. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the third, uh, my third favorite show from this spring anime season, and that is this show called Love After World Domination, right? Now, this was one of my most anticipated because I saw the premise. I saw the premise of this before I'd seen the art of it, and honestly, Love After World Domination is kind of a cool title, if I'm being honest. It's, it's kind of a really, really dope title, right? So the basic premise uh, of this show is, so we live in this world. It's it's kind of akin to Power Rangers, and I'm, there, there's a lot of par, uh, Power Rangers parallels to this, largely because it is also a Sentai. Uh, so uh, you live in this world where you have a the, the villainous secret society known as Gecko, and they are they've destroyed like half the world, and they're planning to destroy the rest, and they're fighting against the hero group. The freezing Sentai Gelato Five, who, like, they, if you if you Google them, they look exactly like the Power Rangers, right? Um, so everything changes though when the Reaper Princess uh, joins uh, Gecko, right? Um, but then uh, Reaper Princess ends up falling in love with the with the leader of the Gelato Five. Uh, the Reaper Princess's name is Desumi, and the Gelato Five leader's name is Fudo. Now, even though they're supposed to be mortal enemies, they fall in love with each other and begin dating in secret, right? So, like, a good way to kind of describe it, uh, I've mentioned Power Rangers before. So, like, imagine that Rita Repulsa is the same age as the Power Rangers. Now, imagine that her and the Red Ranger start dating in secret trying to keep it from their respective organizations while in the public still trying to put on a front that they are trying to fight and destroy each other, right? Now, that's that's kind of like the basic premise of it, right? And because I'm such a sap for romance, like if there's romance in it, I'm going to like it, right? Now, this this show reminds me a lot of the kind of like slapstick uh, humor from like the from anime in the early 2000s where like character is a pervert and just finds themselves in like situations right now this show has a ton of fan service right i'm not even going to hold you this show has a ton of fan service right in case you're unfamiliar with the term fan service means you know there's a ton of you know boobs and boobs jiggling and booty and you know, uh, panty shots and upskirts and just stuff like that that just is is very clearly just trying to appeal 
to a a certain demographic, right? And and it like in some ways it can kind of cheapen an anime, and in many cases it does. But me personally, I didn't really mind it because I think a lot of the the way that it was done in this show kind of really leaned into the humor of it, and it was never really done like distastefully, right? Now the thing with this show is like. When you're watching, when you're watching anime, and you've been watching anime for a while, like some, eventually you'll graduate from like a lot of the mainstream shows that, like, you know, kind of they, they kind of don't go too off, too far off the deep end with the things they decide to do. Uh, but like sometimes the longer you get into it, sometimes you start watching things, and then you have to deal with essentially just like anime bullshit. And what I mean by that is like it doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't it doesn't really really make sense, but you just kind of chalk it up to like it's anime, like sure, like yes. Okay, yeah, yes. Of course like duh, of course this happens, right? And this show is chock full of moments like that where it's like like Fudo getting caught in Dasumi's Desu- uh room and uh, like this there's just so like them like there's just so many scenarios where like they should have very easily gotten caught when they're like not actually fighting or like or like they have to pretend like they're fighting after literally just like sitting complimenting each other and you know doing stuff like that <laughs> but you you can only just chalk it up to just like anime bullshit right like it's, <laughs> you're just like oh, like all right, sure, like this happened because plot. But for me, it doesn't take away from the show. I can understand if it does for others, but for me, it didn't really take away from it. If anything, it kind of added to the humor and the charm of the show, because like we like for for many of us who remember our first time like dating, and you kind of don't really know what you're doing and what does dating mean and like what does that look like. This is kind of like a, a look through that lens as well, where both Fudo and Dasumi are just unsure. And so you kind of see them both at various times throughout the course of these 12 episodes, like make mistakes and, you know, do things because of what other people said that they should do. Like, oh, if you're a girlfriend, you need to do this and behave like this. Or if you're a boyfriend, then you need to say this and and kind of be like that. And so because of that, you really see, um, you really kind of see them kind of screw up and then realize like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't actually need to do that at all. I didn't, I didn't really need to do that. Right. You know, this person cares for me and appreciates me the way I am, even though I don't do this or I don't behave like that, or I don't say this and, so on and so forth. And and that was kind of like one of the relatable things for me. Like I remember having my first girlfriend back in high school or like right before high school and kind of not really knowing what that meant. Like I, I had seen stuff on shows, but you know, if you, if you try to be a, a partner based on what you see on TV, like it, you're going to fail and fall short and fuck up and, you know, kind of stuff like that. And like, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, like, all right, but even, even, even like with that, um, it was just super, it was super cool, um, to kind of see this. Cause I, I do think that there are some really interesting elements on the show and I, I wish they had kind of explored more of it 
without really diving too much into like the humor. Like, don't get me wrong, I laughed and I enjoy the humor. But I do think that this world that they have set up with the the different villains and like the the different motivations for them and and uh, kind of their their individual backgrounds and their uh, level of relatableness and the, even in the finale when you, we see both Fudo and Dasumi have to team up against a a an enemy um, that is you know that that needs to be taken out that. There's some really cool fight scenes and some cool action and some cool elements that like I would love to see more of. And like not even just done to be played for laughs or be played for memes or anything like that. Um, I, I, I want to know more about the Gelato 5. I want to know more about Gecko, this villainous secret society. Um, I would like to know more about the, the histories of these organizations and why they've been fighting. I would love to know more. Are there others? What's the recruitment process like to to join these organizations? Are there other, you know, hero organizations that perhaps are not as popular or like not as well known or or anything like that? Like what happens if you get rejected, but you still want to do hero or, or villain work? Like there's it's, it's super interesting. And maybe it's because I've been reading, watching and reading My Hero Academia for for this long um that like I'm, I'm just very intrigued about that i mean it's like superhero stuff in general so it's not even just my hero academia because i could say this for just any marvel dc thing or even uh just like with the boys or invincible right like i'm very interested in the world and the lore behind it um in addition to the romance because i do think the romance between fudo and Dasumi is it's very childish but it's very wholesome and you can tell that like now do they care but it's like also done very over the top and i'm not annoyed by teenagers doing teenager stuff so them doing like the annoying teenager stuff or being as over the top as they are about stuff like that doesn't bother me it's like well no shit they're a teenager when you were a teenager dealing with something involving your boyfriend girlfriend or partner or like one of your friends like that was your world like of course you were really over the top about it of course things were always done to like the nth degree that like when you look back at it as an adult you're just like oh yeah that didn't that 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 was at a 10 and that probably just needed to be like a four right so but even with that like i i very much enjoyed the show i think it was pretty well well done well made um it's not the best show but i did like watching it it did keep me intrigued um every week um i've i very much enjoyed uh watching the finale and just kind of taking everything in and this is a show that I've, i would i would recommend it and i'm absolutely going to watch it but i but i've recommended with the caveat just like understand fan service and anime bullshit are a big part of this show but even with that there the, the comedy is really good the romance is is really good it's very over the top but if you, you know, like if you are a fan of certain types of anime, then you'll you'll really you'll you'll dig this show. And based on what I saw of it, the 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 rate ratings wise, it has been doing well enough online. People are responding pretty well to it. That you know, there's a, there's a good reason there's a good reason that this show could get a season two. Now the only issue with this one, unlike Ahadensan or Spy Family, is apparently the manga for this show is very close to the anime so there isn't a ton of material beyond where the manga is currently and so because of that 
a studio might want to wait before really diving in unless they just want to go in a different direction and just kind of make the anime its own thing separate from the manga which is a which is a possibility but from the sounds of it they would need some time to let the manga get far enough ahead that they'd have enough material that they could adapt they could adapt into a season two and and we all know that like when it comes to shoujo a lot of times with show with show with uh shoujo like slice of life manga that it is essentially just kind of done to promote the manga and so they don't really care too much about season two or or doing multiple seasons unless it's something that really really blows up um and you know so there's there's a chance that this just should this and the other shows that I've watched uh, could all should just get season only one season, but I, I I hope that it does continue because even with the the issues that may arise with it, um, there is something here worth exploring more, uh, whether it's the romance or whether it's some of the other elements involving the superhero or even just some of the the action. Like I thought, some of the action scenes when they had f- battles was super cool, and like this show was obviously an homage to. This like anyone who's a fan of Sentai stuff, VR Troopers, uh, Power Rangers, obviously, and even some Magical Girl stuff like Sailor Moon. Like there, there are elements of these that that pop up in this, uh, just all over. This is definitely an homage to people who are fans of that. So even with that, I would say definitely watch it. I would I would give this show about a seven and a half out of ten, maybe an eight out of ten. Uh, because I do like it. It's not a perfect show, but I would recommend to watch it with a caveat. So, yeah. Now there are some other shows from uh, this uh, spring season, spring anime season that I'm going to watch and review at a later point. But for now, these three were the three that I watched the most consistently. Um, I do want to watch Kaguya-sama because that is, that apparently did really well this season. And as of right now, that is like the is the highest ranked anime on my anime list even over um even over uh full metal alchemist brotherhood so i have that on my list to watch and that'll be definitely be one of the things that i explore at a later time but with that said i've said everything that i needed to say whether it's spy family a hot insan or love after world domination these were three shows that are very different but were very enjoyable highly recommend uh, that that you all go watch them and just let me know like if you let me know if you like them if you enjoy them um, and if you're looking forward to a season two so that being said like thank you all for listening to this episode of the overflow make sure you go to greekgeekrefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as episodes of our other podcasts make sure you go follow great geek refuge on all of our social media accounts uh, as, as well as our patreon if you'd like to support us um thank you all for listening and i'll catch you all on the flip side peace this has been pirate radio network production juice bags (laughs) (laughs) yeah boy